Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. The pain of our past persists to this day. In Kentucky, like many states throughout the South, lynching was a tool of terror. It was used to kill hopes for freedom. It was used to kill my ancestors. Now, in a historic victory for our Commonwealth, I have become the first black Kentuckian to receive the Democratic nomination for U.S. Senate. My opponent, the very person who compared expanded healthcare to slavery. The person who said he would have opposed the Civil Rights Act. The person who single-handedly blocked an anti-lynching act from being federal law. The choice couldn't be clearer. Do we move forward together? Or do we let politicians like Rand Paul forever hold us back and drive us apart? In November, we will choose healing. We will choose Kentucky. And in that image, he takes the noose off his neck to choose healing. Let me welcome to the show. He is a candidate for the U.S. Senate from the great state of Kentucky, Charles Booker. Welcome. Hi. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, listen, I've been following you since Amy McGrath, and I was wondering why they put their the Democratic Party, when I say they, I'm, I'm nonpartisan in terms of I'm all power. No party, all right. power. It seemed to me to be the dumbest move in the world to put their might behind somebody that in a state that got that has so many black people behind somebody black people were not going to be interested in showing up for the backbone of the Democratic Party. We vote 96, 95 percent black people. If you're not going to double down on black, that's a losing strategy as far as I'm concerned. So I am so happy that now you're going up against a man who got his ass whooped in his front yard by his neighbor. I appreciate that. And whose hair is confusing to me. That said, let's put that over here. You're here right. now. You're here now, Charles yes. Booker. And yes. that means the fullness of time, everything in the fullness of time. Maybe this is your time. Before we get into your platform, the choice to do the noose around your neck in an ad was bold, but was it necessary? You know, that was one of the hardest things that I've ever done. Um, I am someone who honors the power of storytelling, uh, the power of creativity. Um, I come from a long line of ministers, and I know what it means to um, really grab the attention of someone so that you can communicate uh, with them. Um, but even being in a close proximity with a rope attached to a tree uh, was really hard for me. Uh, my great great uncles. Um, three of my great great uncles I've learned uh, were lynched in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. And to ask whether it was necessary, how do we actually address structural racism? How do we address the things that we would prefer to ignore or look past? Uh, the symbolism, the painful symbolism of this rope uh, was more than just the lynchings throughout history. It was really our freedoms being denied, our, our humanity being denied, our agency being robbed democracy being stripped away. How do we address these things? We can't fix what we don't face. And by showing the significance of the progress of me being the first black Kentuckian uh, to be a major party nominee, but also to make it clear that our progress is being blocked 
by people like Rand Paul who use structural racism, not dog whistles, bullhorns at this point, to keep us divided. And um, as much as I would prefer we not have to see uh, that type of pain, it's the pain that exists and we wanna address it and we need healing. And the most important part of that video to me was when the rope comes off, when I actually take that rope off. I, I, I have got to the end, it's shocking to watch, but I got to the end. Whose decision was it? How, what, you know, take us into the lab. Yeah. When, when did you decide, okay, here's what we're going to do with this ad. We're going to put a rope around your neck that's yeah. uh, attached to a tree, Charles. Or did you say, I got an idea. Let's put a rope around my neck. So, so this was all my idea. Um, I, I pretty much directed the whole thing. I had to convince my team to let me do it. Um, most of, when you see creative uh, content coming out on social media, um, the majority of it is is my creation. Um, you know, like I said, I, I understand art and, and storytelling, and I'm trying to lift up creatives in the political space because it's a way to connect with people. Um, because politics can be so so cumbersome and bureaucratic and just block regular people out. But but you're right. Yeah, I I had to bring this to my team, and um, there were a lot of concerned faces and questions. And I'm saying, look. How do we take on um, this? Is, this isn't about party, as you mentioned. This is about power. Um, but people in positions like Rand Paul, where they are using racism, they're talking about critical race theory, no matter what it is. That's not even the point. They're going to use all these wedges to keep us divided. And if we keep trying to dance around it, how are we ever going to face it? How are we ever going to fix it? And if you notice in the video, I mentioned a couple of things. I mentioned expanded health care. I mentioned civil rights, um, and I was trying to tell the story that whenever we're trying to find progress, if you look at Rand Paul, when he's blocking it, he's often invoking racism to do it. And I'm not going to let him hide from that. And so um, we got to tell a full story about healing in Kentucky and in this country. Every visual is not going to be jarring in that way, but we can't run from the pain. You know, um, Charles, I'm, I'm going to be full transparency. I hated that. Right. Like, I'm just going to be straight up. I was one of the people on Twitter like WTF. Right. Yeah. Love, love you and what you're doing. And I was in that same camp as Karen when when McGrath, I was like, wait, what? Y'all got a brother and, and this. But I that said, I, I do believe that statewide campaigns where there's a black candidate have to become national conversations or right. it is almost impossible for black candidates to break through. And so right. in that way, I, I was like, I appreciated the strategy around it because you broke the internet for a couple of days, at least at least in black world, right? And, and, um, and it's a really provocative statement. Yeah. My question for you is how have people, how have Kentuckians, particularly black Kentuckians, responded and yeah. do you now at this juncture think it was the right thing to do um it was absolutely the right thing to do and part of your response and and not even liking it was an important part of why we need to do something like this too because every political every move that is in the political space cannot and should not just be a calculus of what well, was politically expedient yeah. um i did not create this because i wanted people to like it you should not like the visual of a rope around someone's neck. No one should like that. Yeah. But the fact that it is making people talk, I, I felt it would sit in the spirit of, of people. And 
that over time it will register in, in the campaign that we are pushing that is about healing and humanity and bringing people together from the hood to the holler um, it is about a full spectrum of how we um, transform democracy. And we introduced, uh, we opened the door in a very painful way with this, this video, um, but the healing that was at the end that I spoke to, we got to show that. And, and should we do that the right way, lifting up historic organizing, relational organizing? I'll tell you more about the work we're doing here. In the end, when we win this race, uh, we'll be able to reflect back and see, OK, I understand what, what he was looking to do there. But to your question about um, the response from Kentuckians, that's the question, brother. That is the one. Um, I was interested in seeing what people would think across. And I, I asked a lot of folks statewide, look, check this out. We're going to put this out. I know this is going to scare a lot of people. Um, the response has been overwhelmingly positive. And I'll tell you this, I've been in some Republican counties since that video has gone out. Because I, I, I travel all over the state, of course. Uh, I'm not going to avoid the places that Democrats say, oh, don't go there. And when I have Kentuckians, white Kentuckians that will come up to me with tears in their eyes saying, thank you. I know that was hard for you, but it needs to be said. Mm. And then when I go to the hood and I see people extend their fists in the air and say, Thank you for actually fighting for us, for doing the hard work. That reminds me of exactly why I'm here, um, not to make people comfortable, um, but to really push for the types of disruption that can allow healing to take place. And um, like I said, I, I would prefer that we never have to talk about um, anything as painful as lynching. And hopefully we can realize a future where we don't have to. Eight six six eight zero one eight two five five. Charles Booker is here. He's running for the Senate, U.S. Senate in Kentucky. Uh, Drew McCaskill's here as well. Uh, and you can join us at eight six six eight zero one eight two five five. You can follow Charles Booker at Booker the number four KY for Kentucky. When I first started on the radio, uh, and I actually had this conversation with Keith Ellison because we were working on his book at the time, and he was we were talking about how Kentucky had the poorest counties in the entire United States. I think four out of five of the poorest counties at the time that has shifted to different states, <laughs> Mississippi and, and uh, Louisiana, but you had four of the five. And, and, you know, the question was your, your last in healthcare and, 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 and wealth and, and education, but yet these folk keep voting their interest. And Dr. Greg Carr would say, do you want your teeth or your whiteness? Well, apparently Whiteness uh, trumps even teeth in this country. Yeah. How, how do you how do you break through when somebody is willing to cast a vote? Rand Paul has not brought delivered anything to those poor people in Kentucky. Folk have no health care, clean water, education in the toilet. He's talking about CRT and some bull crap where the yeah. kids can barely read and write. How do you break through that kind of resistance to change? when people are literally voting against their interest every single year. You know, the, the one thing that I've learned working across Kentucky, uh, so I'm from the West End of Louisville, from the hood, um, and, and you mentioned Kentucky essentially being one of the poorest states in the country. I've lived most of my life in what has been the poorest zip code in Kentucky. And it's often um, thought that, well, the, the poor communities are those rural communities, and there's a lot of poverty in rural parts of Kentucky. Um, but the narrative of how poverty is concentrated and it's generational in black and brown communities is really forgotten or left out of the conversation. And, you know, what I, I've been able to do 
over the course of this campaign is really speak to the power of our common bonds because the struggle is something that can really bring people together or it can be used as a way to drive us apart, which is what's been happening. A lot of Kentuckians are isolated. Nobody talks to us. Nobody cares about us. And the only bit of information that they ever get is from the, the echo chambers that Donald Trump swims in. And if you've taken away anybody's hope, their sense of optimism for the future, and the only thing you're giving them is, well, here's some identity. Let me fight over your identity. You're not going to be able to get health care. Don't even worry about that. You're not going to get a job. Don't worry about that. Your water's dirty. Accept that. You want to fight about something here. Fight about this. It's intentional and it comes from leadership that is exploiting us. So the way that we break through, quite honestly, is by showing up. And I know that sounds simple, but in a lot of communities, that has never happened. And even in Democratic areas, turnout is typically low in Kentucky. If we vote Democrat, they expect you to. They don't even come talk to you. If you vote Republican, they don't even go there. And so the whole message from the hood to the holler, um, and if you're not familiar with the holler, uh, these are areas, um, largely in Appalachian, rural communities that um, they're in between the mountains. Uh, it's a community uh, that is in between the hills. And although the scenery is different, they have a lot of the same struggles that I have uh, growing up in, uh, in public housing in the West End. And by showing up in these spaces, telling stories, lifting up my humanity, but listening to them, the common bonds smack you in the face. Um, and so we're actually training volunteers on building community, uh, building relationships and doing issue-based organizing. So not the national buzzwords, but what are people actually dealing with? Because at the end of the day, our issues are not partisan. If we realize that, we can take our power back. And of course, we can beat a Rand Paul. Let me Fred Hampton knew that. Fred Hampton knew that. Um, a few others knew that. They're no longer here. Martin Luther King being another one, Poor People's Campaign. Uh, you, you have type 1 diabetes. And I, yeah. I think about the amount that it costs to buy insulin and things. Rand Paul is one of the people voted against lowering that. Please talk about your platform in terms of providing health care across the board and making it affordable for people in Kentucky and around yes. the country. Absolutely. And you know what? That's another one of those unifiers. So um, the struggle really does cut across party lines. It cuts across geography. It cuts across any type of divide, really. And it is giving us the opportunity to lift up a platform that Kentuckians actually support. So I've talked about my diabetes and having to ration my insulin, not because I want to share that that story. It's it it's embarrassing, quite honestly. Um, I had to ration my insulin to feed my girls. I'll do it every time if I have to, but no one should have to. But I tell that story because that isn't a Democrat or Republican thing. That's a humanity issue. And so supporting policies like Medicare for all and even universal basic income, talking about reparations in a real way, addressing environmental injustice. So my, my vision of a Kentucky New Deal, which is essentially how do we win life, freedom and prosperity for every single person? How do we end generational poverty? Investing in infrastructure and in people so that we have paths to prosperity and not just the opportunity to struggle less or just be abandoned altogether, which is what Rand Paul has done. And, and I'm telling you, a lot of people nationally will say those types of policies are too radical for Kentucky, they're too progressive, whatever you want to call them. 
they're not listening to regular people. If you look at past uh, voting results, a lot of the same people who voted for Trump in Kentucky voted for Bernie Sanders. These issues are not really partisan. And if we stop ignoring regular people and actually speak the truth, you'll find a coalition ready to fight for change. And that's why we have over 20,000 volunteers in this campaign right now. So let me ask you this about, I've always said that one of the things, the greatest things that baffles me is I've never under, I can never understand poor Republic or poor Republicans, right? Like I've just never understood that, that concept. When you're, when you're talking to and have volunteers out talking to people who are like that, who have said they voted for Trump and they voted for Bernie Sanders, what breaks through? Are you are you getting an idea of what breaks through and how are you going to sort of crowdsource that information for candidates that are in other places that have similar issues like Mississippi, like Louisiana, where there's an opportunity there? Yeah, man, that's it. And, and part of my work with um, uh, from the Hood to the Holler. So I actually found an organization called Hood to the Holler. The thing that I'm trying to help show, because I believe this race can be a template uh, for races across the, of the country, is that it isn't really about um, like the partisan divides of it all. Here in Kentucky, people are so tired of being ignored, abandoned, and left behind. They're tired of the corruption in our politics. I mean, we got Mitch McConnell and Rand Paul, and nobody likes them. I want to repeat that. In Kentucky, people do not like them. I, I've been told that, you know, there's this impression that folks are actually voting for them because they like them. Please disregard that. People are so broken. They have really given up. The cynicism is so thick. And what I've noticed, um, the same reason why we had our own mini Donald Trump in, in the governor's office and Matt Bevin, but also why I'm getting so much support is people are looking for those who are actually going to fight the system. Who's going to fight for them? And they don't really care what political persuasion they are. It's just like, are you actually going to fight for me? Do you actually care about the fact that I live and I exist? Um, do you understand why I'm frustrated? Do you give a damn about me? And that is just natural for me because of my lived experience. And again, it reinforces why the people closest to the pain should be closest to the power because we understand what pain looks like. We understand why people in the struggle are making decisions they make. These folks are not voting against their interests they're not being given the choice. They're being told that their interests are these wedges. They're being made to believe that they need to oppose the very things that are gonna help them heal. And now they have a choice and it's you, Charles Booker. Thank you for being here. I want you to come back before November and let's have a, a real town hall type, get callers in, et cetera. I love you. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Please tell everyone to go to charlesbooker.org and support us in this work. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to The Karen Hunter Show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.